Welcome to Teaching in 10, a podcast from the Center for Excellence in Teaching and Learning at the University of Northern Iowa. Teaching in 10 provides a space for higher education faculty to share teaching strategies and stories about how we engage students and support student success and well-being in 10-minute episodes. I'm Sarah Montgomery, and today I am thrilled to welcome Dr. Jessica Moon Asa to the podcast. Jessica is Director of the Honors and Scholars Programs at the University of Northern Iowa. In this role, she provides leadership to the University Honors Program and several scholarship cohorts, including Bright Scholars, Legacy Scholars, and Presidential Scholars. Jessica teaches a capstone course called The Life of the University, a Presidential Scholars Community Engagement course, which is a year-long community engagement experience for sophomore Presidential Scholars, and she's also taught master's courses in the Post-Secondary Education Student Affairs Master's Program. Thank you so much, Jessica, for being on the podcast. It's an honor and a privilege to get to talk to you today and to learn from you. So thank you. Well, thank you very much. That yeah. lead up, my goodness. Okay. You do a lot. <laughs> see if I can live up to that. You've got it. So the question that I ask on the podcast is, Jessica, how do you engage students and support their success in your teaching and leadership? Okay. So I obviously thought about this a little bit before I got here. For sure. So wanted to think about the fact that for me, it's probably a more holistic approach because I do teach and have some experiences with them in the classroom. Yep. But my my vision probably overall is much more their holistic student development. And okay. so I think I support them through that recognition that my class is not the only thing that matters to them. Mm-hmm. And that in fact, my class might be a very small component of what they are dealing with that particular day. Okay. Um, there is a big part of that that goes into their well-being as a student, their psychological well-being, their connectivity to other students, to other faculty. Um, the idea that, hey, hopefully the interactions that we have in my class will support that overall growth that mm-hmm. we, we want them to have throughout their time here. So yeah. that probably roots a lot of what I do. And I'm sure that's because of the responsibilities that I have programmatically okay. to um, to our high achieving students, you know, knowing that we want them to academically grow, but there's more to it than just their academics. For sure. That's beautiful. Yeah. So what are some ways that you do that? Are there specific things that you do or check-ins or what seems to be helpful? Yeah. So Inside the classroom, I think it's about the conversations that you can have. It's about figuring out who those individual students are in the little ways that they share things about their lives. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you have to really be conscientious about taking a moment um, at the end and maybe pulling somebody aside or just saying, hey, how are you? Mm -hmm. And uh, some of that will be a follow up. Hey, could we could we sit down sometime this week and talk. Um, I've got one of those later today that I'm both nervous about and looking forward to, right? Because I know that a a lot is going on with this particular student and um, the class itself is not the place to have that conversation. And so having a follow-up where that person knows that they are cared for and cared about and that I recognize there's more going on in their Mm. life than what can be addressed in a, you know, 50 minute class period. Absolutely. And do you find that students are willing to meet with you and and share? Some are, some aren't, you know, just like anything else. Some recognize that it's a non-threatening environment. It's Mm -hmm. just a place to come in and check in and make sure that, that all is well. And when students enter, 
the university honors program in particular, we do a first year student meeting where we talk oh. a lot about what it means to be an honors student, what it means to be a high achieving student, what it means to be in our program, okay. uh, setting it up to help them realize that this is a place for you to grow and expand and take intellectual risks, okay. which is not necessarily super comfortable no. for a lot of our high achieving students. <laughs> no. Right. As, as strange as that is, they've figured out how to navigate systems really, really well. Mm. And sometimes that's what has made them get that label of gifted or high achieving, right? They figured out how to give instructors what they want. Mm -hmm. They oftentimes are very good at following directions. So if you tell me what you want, I will give it to you. That's not really what we're looking for here, is it? (laughs) So that's new. It's not what I'm looking for. I don't think it's what you're looking for. Um, So having a conversation about this is a place for you to take intellectual risk and that in fact, we support you in doing that. Mm -hmm. And that I don't care if you have a perfect grade point average, that means nothing to me. The learning is what is important. I think that a lot of them look back at us and are like, whatever, (laughs) this is, yeah, I'm, I know what you're saying, but I'm not sure I believe you. Mm -hmm. Um, Hopefully over time, developmentally, they grow to the place where they're ready to take risks and uh, try new things this year. And I give, Full credit for this idea to my grad assistant, Cheyenne. Okay. So shout out to Cheyenne. Maybe Yay. she'll listen. Um, we bought erasers at the for for those first year student meetings okay. and handed them out. They are erasers that have our little logo on it, right? The, the new university honors program lockup. And Cheyenne said, you know, what if we got erasers so that they know it's okay to make mistakes? Mm. Like, how perfect is that? So at the end of the meeting, I handed out erasers and I said, why are we giving you erasers? Ooh. And some of them would kind of giggle or laugh or if you would say, so it's okay to make mistakes. And then they'd laugh like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Yep. And it, like, no, that's exactly right. That's what we, we want. We gave you this eraser so you know. When you make a mistake, it has the honors program's name on it. That's like your permission to know that we don't care if you make mistakes and that, in fact, we're here to support you. And then Mm. I would always follow it up with, if you ever make a mistake that's too big for this eraser, (laughs) like it's something. It's big. It's big. Mm -hmm. You also have a support system behind you. Come and talk to us. Come and talk to us. We might not be able to fix it, but we can figure out what the resources are to help you figure out next steps. I love what you're doing. And I've. I've had the honor to to teach in the honors program. Thanks, you open in that door, and I and have worked with students on their honors thesis projects and things along the way. And I can just, it's good to talk to you openly about this because I can see that you've created um, a a space or connections or just this this sense of safety for those students. And I know there have been several times in which I've reached down, or I know you already you and your team are already on the situation regardless of what it is. And I think that's just awesome because no matter how high achieving you are, life happens. Right. And so to be able to help them. Yeah. I think that for high achieving students, sometimes the pressures that they are putting on themselves, their perfectionism or their, their desire to maintain this perfect image of who they are as a high achieving student can really interfere with their ability to learn and grow and and just let go and let it happen. Like Mm -hmm. let what's supposed to happen here happen. So that's something they have to learn and not all of them do. Yeah. (laughs) Not all of them can or, or do at least in the time period that we're working with them. Mm -hmm. And again, I say that about the developmental piece because we know there is a, a gradual 
development that happens with college students who are, you know, the traditional age, 18 to 22, when they come to us, they are very concrete learners still. And, and they have to be given this time Mm -hmm. and experience to practice some of those higher order skills. We talk a lot about critical thinking and how our courses must involve critical thinking. And I, yes, I hope that they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, their ability to go with that improves dramatically from mm-hmm. first year to senior year. Right. Wow. It's developmental. Okay. Mm-hmm. Are there any specific stories or examples or, I don't know, I'm thinking about your community engagement class and how that might push people beyond their comfort zone. Oh, um, 100%. <laughs> just different yeah. things you've experienced. So that course in particular, that asks our sophomore presidential scholars to come together to identify a problem or issue in on campus or in the local community that they can evaluate, research, and okay. then propose a solution to. Okay. The interesting thing about it is that they come back in the spring and actually implement whatever they proposed. Aww. So it's not just theoretical. It is actual boots on the ground, right? Yes. And that is daunting for a lot of students because mm-hmm. a lot of education has not prepared them to actually do the work. We talk mm. about the theory a lot, but mm-hmm. we don't always put it into practice. So that is a a real life-changing kind of proposition for a mm-hmm. lot of them. They're really nervous at the beginning because it's ambiguous and ambiguity is not something they're super comfortable with at that point in time. Okay. They want to be told what to do and how to do it. Yeah. And I refuse to tell them what to do <laughs> and how to do it. And they know that from the start. Uh, on the syllabus, I list myself as facilitator. I'm okay. not their instructor. Okay. They make decisions about how to make this work. And um, it's been a really cool experiment sometimes more successful than others yeah but uh, the group development that happens they'll come to the end and say sometimes and then maybe they're just telling me what i want to hear but they'll say that it was one of the most meaningful experiences they've had because they've learned how to do things that that they will need to know yeah when they leave here and go into whatever their next step is mm-hmm. there are students that have a lot of anxiety about phone calls right picking up the phone and yeah. putting a phone call into an expert or a you know a, somebody who's a stakeholder in the project and mm-hmm. they have to learn how to navigate some of those real world things which is pretty cool i just think that's amazing because all too often i think there's this idea that you know our high achieving students or oh that person's in the honors program like well they're they're all set <laughs> they've got it all figured out like we're they're we're good to go here like i'm going to focus on some other needs in this room and in reality there are some really unique kind of emotional needs or confidence based things or like you said just being willing to take risks or being okay with ambiguity or picking up the phone i mean there, how many other people in that class who aren't in the honors program share that that fear, fear or worry absolutely. or whatever as well, because they haven't had as much experience yeah. with it, but that, yeah. And I so. don't want to say that there aren't some who they, they do have it all together. Sure. They really figured yeah. it out, but there's the same level of, there's a spectrum for yeah. all of our students. And that, yep. that is present in the courses that our high achieving students are taking. Mm-hmm. It's present in the honor sections for anyone who's ever taught an honors course. They know that mm-hmm. you still have a whole spectrum of, of abilities and mm-hmm. um, we're, we're kind of trying to create an honors environment. We aren't expecting them to all come in at that level yeah. um, at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So thinking about individualization is another really important thing. I think mm-hmm. of an important 
you know, factor of, of what we do because each student has, they come in at a different place and they're going to leave it at a different place. And we cannot try to force them into a mold. It just mm. doesn't work. And sometimes that means that a, a really bright student who isn't a very good writer yeah, there's only so much I can do in the time that we work together to get them to the end point that we hope they will get to. Um, and I have to recognize that for that student, their growth is important from wherever they started to wherever they finished, even mm-hmm. if it doesn't mean that they're to the same place as that's right. the student beside them. And, and I, I get that that's true in every classroom, but mm-hmm. especially when you're working with high achieving students, you can't go into it with this specific mindset of they all have to reach this whatever end point mm-hmm. because they still have different levels of ability. We're all at different places. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And for me, just hearing you talk today, it's a helpful reminder that in my classes or whatever, you know, we're teaching that it's helpful to keep things open-ended, not only so folks can kind of personalize or work on what they need to work on, but just so that that growth can happen, right? No matter where somebody's at, right. because we're all... We're all working on things. We're all work in progress. We're all a work in progress. Totally. Wow. Uh, Have you, I know you you like positive sight kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Right? All of that. So have you uh, read Shriner's work on thriving? No. Okay. So I need to. We'll put it in the show notes. Yes. uh, There's actually a specific to honor students, an article that, um, that talks about this, but Shriner's done a lot of stuff related to thriving, which is academic, psychological, and interpersonal well-being. So it's looking at students from this holistic perspective, which I mentioned at the beginning. Yeah. Um, And I guess, if anything, if I look at the way that we, and I say we because it's like the whole team now that's Mm -hmm. working on honors stuff Mm -hmm. and honors and high-achieving students, uh, I think if you were to look at how we approach our work, that value for this idea of thriving students is probably – I hope that's what underpins what we do. Um, it is about their intellectual development. Do not get me wrong. Sure, it, sure. Are, these programs are rooted in their academics, but it cannot be separate from their psychological and interpersonal um, well-being because their academics will suffer. Yeah. So thinking about kind of how it all works together to move them from point A to point B. Um, point A being entry, point B being the stage, I guess. Sure. Uh, graduation. Um, moving them all the way through. That's amazing. So now I have reading homework. Thank you. Yeah. We'll put that in the show notes because I'm like, oh, this is exactly what I'm interested yeah, in. So thank you. Is. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jessica, for sharing your ideas with us. And listeners, thank you for being here. And please subscribe and review us wherever you listen to podcasts and be sure to tell your colleagues about this podcast. And until next time, thank you for joining us on Teaching in 10 from the Center for Excellence in Teaching and Learning at the University of Northern Iowa.